Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Newton. Today we've traveled to Mobile, Alabama for our Farm and Land Expo, and we brought a special guest and a presenter to the conference in with us today to, to kind of get perspective on some ag tech. Scott Maxwell is with Technical Sales of Purcell Agritech. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank good, you. good, good. It's, it's so good to have you here, and uh, I know it's a little chilly down here in Mobile because it was only the index was 110 today. So, pull uh, my jacket out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a little it's a little cool for us. Scott's uh, the the business he works with uh, very interesting, and uh, we thought it would be interesting for the listeners to hear about. Tell us about Purcell Agritech. What do you do? We polymer coat fertilizer to make it control release, uh, basically 15 days all the way out to two years. There is not a single fertilizer substrate that we do not coat and cannot coat. Well, I'm sure that some ears are perked up already just to understand what this is and how important it would be to have a controlled release of that fertilizer. Tell us the history of it. How did, how did we get here? So I think most people from probably central to northern Alabama know where uh, Silicog, Alabama is. It's kind of crazy that say roughly 40% of the control release fertilizer made in the United States is made in Silicog, Alabama. There are two plants that manufacture control release fertilizer there, but it all actually came out of the TVA, which a lot of people are aware of up up in uh, Florence, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Uh, Mr. Jimmy Purcell, who was the son-in-law of Mr. Parker, who owned Parker Fertilizer, had a couple college buddies with him from Auburn that were working at TVA. And through a series of events, uh, Mr. Purcell ended up taking over Mr. Parker's business. And their main focus of their business was golf course and lawn care. His buddies that went to work at TVA came to him and said, we are working on a new project with sulfur-coated urea. Uh, Mr. Purcell went up and looked at it, uh, became very interested in it, saw some opportunities in lawn care and golf course, and actually hired the two guys, his two buddies, to come work for him and build a plant. So he built a plant to make sulfur-coated urea in Silicaga, Alabama, and started manufacturing that product there. They had his two buddies had bigger ideas and actually started 100% polymer coating fertilizer, received a patent on that in 1989, and started marketing that product in roughly 1990. And that original product was being marketed almost exclusively to turf and lawn care. It eventually became very heavily used in uh, nursery plants. So Mr. Purcell kept that company. The two boys, David and Taylor, uh, were working in the business also, and they split off and went different directions. Uh, One took the blending side of the business. The other took the um, manufacturing side of the business. And the Polyon plant back then was actually sold to Agrium in 2007-ish. Agrium kept it until roughly 2015, and then another company now owns that that manufacturing plant. The Purcell family, one of the Purcell family members, actually, along with several of the former Purcell um, employees that were involved in the original research and development started a new company in around 2016 uh, with a new type of polymer. And that is now the present-day Purcell Agritech that I am working with currently. Um, I was involved from a different angle with the old Purcell Polyon product, but 
that's that's kind of how we got to where we are. Well, you you've touched on so many aspects of the business, but uh, one thing we were talking about before we started recording was uh, acceptance has been a little bit, or 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 buy-in has been a little bit slower than you thought. What were some of the roadblocks, or some of the roadblocks you're working with now, or trying to get over? Well, the problem with polymer coated or control release fertilizer has long been the cost of the material. It's difficult to uh, go into broad broad acre agriculture. We have been putting using uh, control release. I've been using it in what I would call high value cash crops since probably '92. 93, and there has been wide acceptance, say in tomatoes, strawberries, peppers, cucurbits, any kind of uh, melons. Um, it's been used in that for a long time, but those, those crops can handle the extra cost of the fertilizer. The problem is, this is smaller acreage coverage? or Well, it's, it's not only smaller acreage coverage, but you have a lot higher return per acre. So and I think some of those farmers would argue with you a little bit from time yeah. to time. But overall, um, you have a higher return per acre on special what we call specialty agro crops. Broad acre, um, peanuts, corn, soybeans, cotton, um, those acres are have a harder time absorbing the extra cost that the polymer-coated fertilizer incurs per acre. Um, when we, and I was a little bit involved in the re- I guess, uh, organization or the, the, the new, well, the, when they were trying to come up with this new polymer coated material in around 17 is when we got involved. I was working for a fertilizer company in Florida and we were primarily an agricultural company. We had discussed a lot of different ways to uh, market the new product. And it was very important that we design a plant that was high speed and high capacity. Almost all polymer-coated fertilizers worldwide are made exactly the same way or were made exactly the same way up until our product came along. And that's due to um, a couple of people that had spent you know, their entire life in that industry. And they found some equipment, some proprietary equipment that they had actually made. And just to kind of give you an idea, I think most of these fertilizer companies with several Coders going can run about 40,000 tons, give or take. I would say that's probably average. Some of them are 20,000 tons or smaller. Uh, we, our plant in Sylacauga, Alabama can run about 120,000 tons. Uh, we just opened a new plant in Savannah that can do, we can ramp it up at any time that we want to, but it, it has the capacity of doing about 50 to 60,000 tons. And we just built a new plant in um, London, Ontario that will do about 120, 130,000 tons. Being able to run that many tons efficiently and because of the speed of our process, we can now compete in the agricultural market. We can, there, there's value in the product in, in broad acre agriculture. So, so I think have, that's, that's how we've, we're starting to overcome that. So your, uh, your turnaround time has really increased over the last few years. When, some, when, when you have a large order come in, uh, you can really turn that around. Well, so a, we have what we call a continuous batch system two tons at a time that we run, but it's continuously feeding two tons into the system. And it's kind of hard to explain over a, uh, a, a podcast or radio, obviously. But that same batch, let's call it a two-ton batch before, takes about 20 minutes, depending on how thick you put the polymer onto the fertilizer. There's multiple layers that are applied to the fertilizer. That's how you determine so how coating, long it lasts. Drying, coating, drying, coating, drying, coating, drying. This all happens fairly quick, but it's let's call it a 90-day material. You want it to last 90 days. That's about a 20-minute process in almost all standard coating 
uh, operations all over the world. Right. That same batch for us takes about four to five minutes, and it's because of our it's because of our resin, our our polymer. Um, it's quick setting. It does it at a much much lower temperature than all of our competitors, so it allows us to run a lot more tons. Obviously, you can run four batches almost of the time that you could run one batch under the old process. So you know it's efficiencies. That's that's what allows us to to run a lot of tons. And uh, you were saying that a, a perception of cost has has kind of been a roadblock to this point too. Uh, uh, how do you how do you address those questions? Well, it's long been. Um, you know, it's great fertilizer. You know, people immediately look and they see who you're with and what you do, and they find out that you've got polymer coated fertilizer, and the first perception is it's for golf courses or it's for nurseries. Not knowing or understanding where we are, and it's difficult to overcome that perception. People immediately say, well, I can't afford that. It's kind of like looking at a, a new car. You know, I, 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 it's real cool to ride by and look at the Mercedes lot or the Jaguar dealership, but I, I'm going straight to the Chevrolet dealership because that's what I can afford, right? <laughs> right. So um, that's that's the perception that we're trying to overcome. And and I would say even bigger than that, trying to justify the extra cost because there is an extra cost. I think I feel pretty confident that we have done enough research and we have enough acres on the ground currently to be able to debunk that claim with less trips across the field, less diesel fuel, less wear and tear on your crop, and an increase in whatever it is per acre, bushels, pound, yield, call it yield, yes sir. My name is Ashley Merritt and I'm the relationship manager in our enterprise branch. One thing I love about working with Alabama Credit is I think now in the year 2023, people are really looking for a certain way of life. And I feel like for that, you really need a partner that can see your vision and work with you through it and offer certain products that we are known for offering. A family that I'm working with currently, it's been so nice to see how their journey and dreams have progressed. We started off by financing their first piece of land. Uh, they came back and did a cattle loan with us. We've done a lot of credit for their farming operation, and now they are finally deciding that, hey, this is where I want my forever home to be. So through our rural home construction product, we can also offer that service to them as well. If you'd like to find out more information on any of these products, please visit and contact your local lender and go to alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. Speak to the effect on the environment because I know that you, we were talking earlier about being so close to so much urbanization, still having uh, and having regulations, uh, environmental regulations. Uh, speak to the benefits of, of that. Well, I had a bumper sticker on my truck whenever I was in high school, and I remember I think it was a uh, think it was Florida Farm Credit had put it out and it said Florida or farmers the first environmentalists. I had a whole bunch of those stickers for years, and I had them on my first few trucks, and I haven't seen one of those in a long time. But uh, farmers have gotten a bad rap over the years. With you know they they are by far the best stewards of the land. There are a lot of regulations, especially in our coastal states. If you look at Florida, and you look at Chesapeake Bay, you know, with some of the, the red tides and different things that are going on out in the water now, it, it's easy to anger someone real quickly. So I want everyone to understand, I am not of the belief that it's the farmers that are doing that currently. But what that has done is caused um, some public outcry. And it has caused some regulation by governments. Um, it has also done some good. 
It's not all bad. It's not all evil against the farmer. There has been a lot of research dollars shot to land-grant universities to do studies on these programs. So um, while it can be a thorn in our side as farmers, there's a lot of good that's come out of it. I have a friend in Florida that has water monitoring probes, and he has figured out how to get EC readings, which is the basically the salts in the soil and shows how far down the fertility levels are in the soil. And he has one of the first or only probes that can read EC readings in the soil, and he has a four-foot probe all the way down in the soil. And he can make these probes at different different lengths, depending on what you're doing. Right. And he is putting these probes, it's a BMP Logic down in Florida. They have them, you can look on their websites. You shove these probes down in the soil, and we're doing conventional fertilizer versus control-release fertilizer in almost all of our trials, right? So we're going out with a grower standard versus a, uh, a control-release program. And we know that we're getting EC readings as far down as 42 inches in during a season. Now, we're talking about a 90-day corn crop. This isn't like some long, drawn-out deal. This is a 90-day corn crop. We're getting fertilizer readings, EC readings, at 42 inches deep in the soil with conventional fertilizer. When you have big rain events, it just keeps pushing it further and further down. We also know, and this is completely separate and apart from anything we've done, this is University of Florida trials, that the control-release fertilizer, we're seeing no EC readings past about 12 inches in the soil because it's coming out so slowly every single day, the plant's using the majority of it. You with me? No We're not putting out this big slug of soluble fertilizer onto a crop. But that should tell you that fertilizer has been pretty expensive for the last year or so. It, it, it's jumped up. I think that's not along, a big along secret, with everything right? everything else. Yes, input it's, cost. it's not a big secret. Now, it's starting to get back down. It's starting to get a little bit more in line. But when you, you know, fertilizer is a big cost. When you're putting it out, the last thing you want to do is going out the bottom, you know, away from the roots of the plant to where it can use it. And that's where we're getting efficiencies in crop yield increases. So there's, there's a, there is an environmental story there. I'm not going to shy away from that. I try to be careful with some of that. But sure. definitely, well, uh, you know, farmers deal with regulations they do. Uh, every day anyway. You yes. know, and, and so and, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, farmers are the best stewards of uh, the environment or of the land because it's in their nature to make the land better for their children and for future generations when they leave it. I agree. And I, I just, I, I know we have a product that will help them be better stewards of their land and increase yield in their crop. I know that. So it, it's hard for me to, you know, and I grew up on a family farm. This isn't something that I, you know. Read in a book. I, yeah, I didn't read this in a book. I didn't learn it in a class. I know how uh, budgets and credit lines are affected. You know, every meal that I ate my entire life came completely from the land that surrounded my house. So it was it was very important to me, and I, I saw it. I lived it, breathed it every day. So I know what farmers are going through every single day. So I understand going to someone and going, hey, man, if you'll just – if you'll do this, you'll get X, Y, or Z out of it, and it's going to pay for itself. It's a difficult – you know, because that's the way I've always done it. That's the way Granddad did it. That's the, you know, I, I know this works. I, I, I've done it forever, Scott. I don't, don't, I don't want to mess with what I'm currently doing. And it is, it's difficult. <laughs> it is very difficult. And there's so many snake oils out there, too. I mean, I, they're, they're I've actually, is. I've never heard that farmers are stubborn. I've never heard that. That's, that's new to me. We are all a little stubborn. I yes. know, I know. And, and, and that's a good thing in many ways. Yes, it is. Um, uh, as we wrap up, sounds like this would be a wonderful product for people to kind of, 
get interested in or or, each, or at least learn more information about. Uh, have you? How are you getting the word out to the farmers, especially in Alabama? Well, we work through distributors. Uh, we do not sell direct as Purcell Agritech. So we have uh, we have distributors that blend our fertilizer into their current blends. They take our control release product and they put it into a current program. And we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. So we deal with almost every fertilizer company in the state of Alabama, as we do almost across the United States, really. But almost every fertilizer company in the state of Alabama is, is um, knows about our product, has used it, has uh, is blending with it. So I, I would contact your your uh, local fertilizer rep, and he can almost assuredly he knows where to go get it. Right. And you know, I'll say something else. It, it can be a little bit spooky too because. Uh, well, he wants to, you know, you start talking about control release fertilizer. He wants to come in and uh, try to change up our program, and we're really not. I mean, we're all we're doing is your normal put down fertilizer with corn, your normal put down fertilizer with cotton. You're leaving all that the same. We're going back in on our top dress application and basically splitting the nitrogen for a top dress application, 50-50 control release and non-control release. Uh, it's the best insurance that you can get for your so nitrogen. You get that quick infusion of fertilizer, and then you get the controlled. It lasts. We can make it last 30 days, 45, 60 days out there. And one of the things that happened to us in Georgia last year, um, I remember distinctly, we got a 10-inch rain right after, right after top dressing cotton. And the guys that put that split their applications with control release, they were able to go to bed they, that they night. They were fine. They knew their, their nitrogen was protected because – our fertilizer releases underwater. It doesn't matter. So they were completely safe. And, you know, you get into strange years like this year when we were top dressing cotton in the week of the 4th of July, which I don't remember the last time that happened. And we're getting into heavy rainy season that time of year. And it, it hurts to to go, especially as hilly and rocky as Alabama is in places, to put out nitrogen and then get a a two or three inch rain and watch it all just run down you the just, hill. Yeah, you're just, it's gone. It's gone. And so, uh, you know, protecting, it's cheap insurance. If nothing else, it's cheap nitrogen insurance. So, Wow, this has been well, a lot of information, and uh, we really appreciate you being here, Scott, being with us today and, and letting us know about that. We'll put information about your company in our show notes so people can kind of get more information. But if they're interested, they uh, they don't need to contact you per se, but they need to. They can, but uh, they probably need to contact their local fertilizer. Their local we co-op, can, their local yeah, fertilizer. Yeah, they, they can co-op. contact me. I'm on, I'm on the Purcell. We're, we have a very difficult website. It's extremely hard to remember. It's called fertilizer.com. Really? <laughs> yes. That, that, you must have gotten that one early. 80, I think uh, Mr. Purcell bought that in 89.90, but we used it for the new company. It's fertilizer.com. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's like a gold mine. It is. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott Maxwell, uh, thank you so much for being on the AgCast today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. AgCast.